Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, hello, welcome back to The Moon Underwater. So folks, how was the interval? Because you were all splayed out under the sun on those long, tight tenter hooks. Um, because of the, uh, the, the Moon Underwater pub quiz. And I think it's probably fitting that we release you from those hooks. Oh, so tenter. Um, by giving you the answers to the quiz. Robin. Thank you. Um, oh, Dave. I hate to be an absolute prune. Could I get a bit of ice for my Sanchez? Unbelievable. <laughs> Do you want him to just carry it up cue by cue in his hand? No, what I, what I'm in an ideal world, what I would want is to Dave to bring water to the stage and then freeze it in front of me. <laughs> and then... You can't put... You I like. I love you to bits, job, but you can't put fucking ice in that. Why not? It's, it's a not mainstream a, it's cider. Not, it's not fucking Magnus. You can't. Put it's ice not in. a million miles from Magnus. It's Thanks, Dave. The producer Dave, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry, Will. There's not many. There's not many people that I would stand by and and not intervene with that, John. It's just goes to show how highly I think of you that I'd sit here, I'd I sit here and allow that that, that, that to... He's just so angry. I'm not, I'm not angry. I'm more sort of disappointed. Not even that. I'm like, I've never seen it done. Well, you've never seen someone have cider with ice in? Well, I've seen like in places other than Chippenham, I might have seen people do it like cows. Am I being a bit calm? Oh, well, I've no doubt. In, I've no doubt in calm. They probably do that. They probably have like a like a like a dash in it in uh, calm. I imagine like a doubt a lemon, a, a cider dash. They probably have in having kind of drinking calm. Anyway, it's, it's, um, but, sorry, so sorry. I, sh- I can't. I can't. No, it's 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 a different. It's a different age. I'm not in. I'm in. London now, which is a, yeah. a cosmopolitan, <laughs> yeah. progressive environment, and I shouldn't be. I should leave my extremist views about no, it's, behind the. It's okay to keep your extreme. I have extremist views about the temperature of Guinness, and I express express some of those extremist views to very kind manager of the bar here. And it, in in retrospect, it wasn't his fault that they've only got Guinness extra cold. You anyway, him, you made him cry. I did make him cry. Showed, uh, anyway, um, I didn't make him cry, obviously. I just don't think you got my joke. Um, <laughs> so, Will, you've got, two, you've, got two bo- you've got two glasses on the go. One of them is perilously close to your right foot, so I've just got sort of... I've got spill concerns, but those are my own. Um, Robin, quiz answers, please. Thank you. So the first question was, the Wikipedia page for which 1987 film has the following headings under thematic analysis. Corporate power, masculinity and authority, and humanity and death. Will, what are you saying? 1987. Well, I reckon, and to be fair, I was looking at the bit of paper, wasn't I? 
I reckon, could it be, could it possibly be, I would have thought, if I hadn't heard of that, I would have thought it'd either be Wall Street. Right. Or, am I allowed to say it if it's the right one, or is it? Um, is it Robocop? Well, let's, is it Robocop? Let's just, let's see what the, what, what John, what are you saying? I was going to say The Player. The Player, what's that? Isn't that a film with Tim Robbins? Oh, yeah. About corporate, about advertising? About corporate power, masculinity and authority and humanity and death. Yeah. You know, it's not the player. Anyone in the crowd get this one? Have a, a shout. So there's some nudging going on. Go on. <laughs> E.T. E.T., no, I think that was 85. Anyone else? <laughs> Wall Street. Wall Street. So hang on, the, the film with Tim Robbins where he tries to market the hula hoop, is that the player? No, that's the Hudsucker Proxy. <laughs> oh, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. What's the one where, he, what's the one where he's in the, is that the one where he's trapped in the hotel and there's John Goodman? No, that's Barton that, Fink, Barton is it? Fink, yeah. We're getting, we're getting lost in the Cohen's. Sorry, so sorry. <laughs> it was, was the film? It's Robocop, well done. as Will said. Did you see it? Robocop? Yeah. Oh, it's one of the first like, proper 18 films I've seen on video. Sure. No, I mean, did you see it on my piece of paper? <laughs> yeah, I did. You did, sorry. sorry. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Sorry. No, it's a great film. Both it's a sort of film and a bit of paper. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think yeah. that question is, if I was in a pub quiz, I would say that question was vague and too hard. My girlfriend got it. Fine. Sure. I'd like to commend you on the hardness of this pub quiz. I've been to some pub quizzes that are quite frankly, if pardon my language, shit house. And, they yeah. actually, and you've, got exact, you've got exactly the right sure. tone for this. That's Thank how you. hard it should be, I think. Thank so, you. I do, but yeah, thanks, Will. So mixed, I think mixed, the problem I have is Go I think on. the problem I have is there may be other films from that year that have those same thematics. Yeah, what, Wall Street. Wall Street. Well, so so it's a vague question. It's vague. Yeah. Okay. It is vague. <laughs> it's vague. I've done a pub quiz. Me and Forge did one that people thought was too difficult, and we yeah. got harangued and shouted at. Yeah. So I'm on your fucking side. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Question two was the, the, the mad plot to do with chasing genetic material and crying into a fountain. Anyone get any ideas for that? Anyone, any guesses? Nice, close, flubber's close, flubber's close. Is it what, sorry? No, that's, that sounds nice. <laughs> it's not flowers for Algernon, is yeah. it flipper? Because it sounds like flubber. Nut, nutty professor to Wait, the clumps. Yeah, but you just heard someone say that. No, I didn't. Yeah, you did. Yeah, she said it. Is it Nutty Professor to the Clumps? It's Nutty Professor to the Clumps. Well done. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what happens in the Nutty Professor yeah. team. Do you see, yeah, Nutty Professor to the Clumps. You see what happened there was, if anyone watches Only Connect, and the, the second team hears the first team conferring, <gasps> and uh, it gives them a big clue. Uh, you heard someone say Professor. I think I did. I didn't yeah. hear someone oh, say Nutty Professor to the Clumps. Yeah. I got it for 50p's in charity shop. <laughs> yeah. It's an Alan Partridge thing. <laughs> no, Nutty Professor to the Clumps. Nutty Question Professor to the Clumps. Nutty yeah, Professor I get it for fifty piece in charity shop. Yeah. <laughs> you don't feel cool. Come on, you're very cool. What's your name? Sorry, Sarah. Sarah. Well done, Sarah. Round of applause for Nutty Round Professor to the Clumps. Sarah. Very good. Question three was the film that had kind of terrible reviews, although Mark Commode admitted to enjoying it and said it was like drunken karaoke. Peter Bradshaw said it made him need to vomit. Uh, someone said it was so base and shallow, it's amazing it wasn't made for men. 2008 film, there was a big clue in the interval, actually. Anyone have a guess? Mamma Mia, Correctamundo. Did you get that, Will? I thought it was Outlaw. Which one? Outlaw, I thought it was. <laughs> Nick Love's Outlaw. I haven't seen that. That's fucking brilliant. <laughs> Is that like one of those... Um, it's the Vigilante one with Sean B. Oh, yeah. What, don't watch the film, watch the commentary. Where his da his Daddy Tiger was like, I ain't never seen no fucking stars before. Mate. Oh, yeah. That's fucking awesome. That's the one where he says, uh, yeah, it's, this, it's a Danny Dyer film, 2008. Da Danny Dyer says, Taxi Driver come out, 1977, got cunted. <laughs> <laughs> so good. But no, it wasn't The Outlaw. It was, as lots of you said, it was Mamma Mia. Here Mama we go Mia. again. Again. So thank you. Now, here ends the quiz. Here ends the quiz. <laughs> right then, Will, we return to your slice of chip and right. del crime with uh, Nick and Forch and all of your lovely wives. Uh, 
But what? So you've all... <laughs> it's all the same. Like we've all become like polygamous. So we decided we're going to. Well, who knows? <laughs> if you're on the Costa del Crime, I'm guessing everyone has a wife and everyone has a mistress, and every mistress has a ma- a mistress. Faster. <laughs> now nah, I've got. If there's one thing, I've, I might not have the like hardness, toughness, or dishonesty to be a criminal, but I've certainly got the warped sense of morality. So I okay. wouldn't be. <laughs> I wouldn't be indulge any of that kind of... I'd be, I'm your kind of traditionalist. I'd make a good bank robber just for my sort of... my occasional moments of rugged traditionalism. Well, right. the, you'd make a good bank robber because from what you said earlier, you're not getting a cut of the spoils. You're just in it for the thunk. Yeah. Of, 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 you're, you're just in it for the sound. You've got one eye on the kind of motion, pe- motion picture that's going to come up like 10 years after. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I'd, well, I'd be in talks before I'd even done the job. <laughs> yeah. Be on the phone to, to Daryl, gone, I've got an idea. So he'd be like, yeah, you should have fucking done this years ago. Daryl would be good. He'd make an even better armed robber than me. Daryl would. He would. It's just, that is just Daryl, the legend that is Daryl Martin, my, um, my, my great friend and at one point manager. Um, and uh, well, at one point, my my manager as well. Yeah, I think if if any of us were ever going to have to lay low on the Costa del Crime, it would be Daryl. Daryl's basically, if you imagine, if the two fellas at a minder had a child somehow, it'd be Daryl. He's like half Terry, half Arthur, all fucking Daryl. He's awesome. Yeah, he he wasn't the best agent I've ever had. Um, <laughs> But if you wanted something improvised in the space of half an hour, he was unbeatable. I always think he's... I can't call... Daryl was 100% a manager, I always think. He was like... It made me feel like a like a prize fighter or a sort of early 50s rockabilly singer in terms of being a manager. Daryl's a fucking legend. I tell you what Daryl was good for. If, if you wanted to get an audition for a TV show you heard was... Um, being commissioned, useless. However, in Edinburgh, if you wanted your posters moving at 2 a.m. in the morning <laughs> to the front side of uh, 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 the thing, whereas they'd previously been on the back side, he would go there on his little sort of tuk-tuk motorbike big with, big some, Joe, big Joe. with some pliers with Joe. Big and Joe, he, the Mike Herman trait of comedy, Joe. And he would cut, he would cut the little... What are those cable... He would cut the cable ties... And he would put your poster in the one that everyone walked past in the place and, and swap the one round the other side. I mean, anything above that wasn't great. <laughs> However, Will, we need to choose for this pub, where I think people are going to dr- be drinking quite a lot of spirits, we need to find your two spirit choices. My two spirits. Right, number one is going to be is, is a shot. So what a shot and a... One for sipping, and uh, so what, what shot would be Black Sambuca. Black yeah. Sambuca, that's what we have every Saturday and the old road, me and Nick's shotgun Saturday night, we say to ourselves, have Saturday shots, Black Sambucas. I'm so glad not to hear the bell ring. Yeah. <laughs> God. Um, Black so Sambucas. Black Sambuca. Except you always watch Coco Canu. No, we had a black sambuca last night, to be fair. So you just have it on its own. It's not... You don't mix it with anything. You no, don't set it on fire. Shot, you know, you just shot glass. Shot. Well, not, that's the Drambuie that you set on fire. You set a flaming Drambuie on fire. Right. That's a good... Tr- I could do... I could. If you, you can't do stuff with fire inside pubs anymore. But Can you? Can, you? No, it's probably... It's, uh, but it's... Uh, it's you, you. You know how to do a flaming drambuie. You must have done a flaming drambuie. I've never done a, fl- I've done a flaming, flaming drambuie. Has anyone done a flaming drambuie? Somebody must have done a flaming drambuie. Yeah, right, yeah. So lady over there's done a flaming drambuie. Right, brilliant. Glad to hear someone's done a flaming. This, this, this isn't just a reckless West Country thing. This is even in like. A, there's me thinking London's becoming increasingly sterile, but then my faith is reaffirmed that someone's done a flame. <laughs> flaming drambuie. You get a drambuie. You have to get like a. You have to get like a not a shot glass, a short glass. You get the drambuie. You lick your palm to fuckery till it's like very like saturated in saliva. Then you tip the drambuie, you light the drambuie, the drambuie should then catch fire. You put your freshly licked hand over the top of the glass and it should get sucked in, in like a backdraft or whatever. <laughs> then you just, you move it around, take your hand off, down the drambuie, put the glass like that, like, a, like you would a Covid mask and huff up the burning alcohol fumes and inhale them. 
and then slam it down and do like an exaggerated ah type face. And is that how Robert De Niro got all those scars on his back? The very same way <laughs> that he got all of those scars, flaming Drambuey. So uh, I would eventually tire of doing those on the Costa del Crime, and I'd probably set me, this is always a possibility of setting my own fucking hand on fire, to be honest with you. So we've gone for Black Sambuca. Um, Catherine, if you could please. Oh, Catherine's ahead of the game. There's nothing like drinking fire, though, just to make you feel like you're taking, you're, like you're getting a full well out of a Saturday night. It can't carry on burning in your stomach, though, can it? That would no, 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 no. You, you, it, what it is, it burns all the alcohol. You're basically inhaling the alcohol and drinking the fire. No, you're drinking the dram. The dram has got what you're drinking. It's probably got fuck all out. I'm not a scientist, but it's probably got fuck all alcohol in it. And you down it, and you huff it up, and you're basically inhaling it. So you're basically, it's sort of half spirit drinking, half glue sniffing, I suppose, in the aesthetic of it. <laughs> so I prefer sort of, a beer. Like a what? I prefer a beer. You, you, have, to a beer. Gar- you have to add garnish. <laughs> okay, so what's your second spirit? Uh, well, we have the Slimline Tonic, and of course that has got to go with, it's, it's gin has got to go with the tonic. Now, I've noticed that gin is becoming, like, I like a real ale, as you know, but I also... Um, chippy and think that, that in some ways I get the impression that things are working against me that quite blatantly aren't and I get a bit chippy about real ale and I'm the same with gin, there's nice gins and I think I don't want a nice gin I want a, I want a grassroots gin, I want from a multinational corporation nonetheless but I want <laughs> this is how chippy this works it's Gordon's gin, I want Gordon's gin so basically in my mind you get like independent gin company, and I'm like, no, that is corporate bullshit. I want corporate Gordon's gin that would bo- that would quite happily build a factory on top of like our cat and not give a fuck about it. But it's because it's drunk by blokes in brown leather jackets with hand tattoos. Ergo, it's more grassroots. That's punk rock. The other thing's like me and Sarah went to Ian Beale's gin tasting thing in Bristol. What? <laughs> You need to unpick well, I believe that. Well, I believe he goes by the name of Adam Woodyat when he's yeah. not on EastEnders. But I've seen this come up on Facebook, Adam Woodyat gin tasting. I was like, we're fucking all over that. So we went down, to, went down there and he was, it, was, it was very much like a Beale-esque enterprise, really. It was, he was like, he was saying, he gave tantalising glimpses of other enterprises he'd done, something to do with buying, importing minis from the continent or something. And it was question, it was Q and A. All the Q and A was about fucking gin, and I was wanting to go. So I was, where does Ian Beale end and Adam Woodjack begin? It's like, <laughs> what you, after you basically become a you and Steve McFadden, basically not unsure of yourself anymore, and all of that. But he was, he was all right. He, he gave us see. There was all of it was like sort of gin people, and then there was me and Sarah, and like sort of coloured down tattoos. And there was a cup. There was a guy in an England replica top and his partner, and they were clearly East End fans like us. And it was he was he was he was a bit weird with me, really. Would Jake? Well, not weird, but he was a bit sort of wary. But I asked him about the Baker Street Boys, and he remembered about that. So that was a TV show he was in before EastEnders, and yeah, it was all right, gin. It was fucking gin, do you know what I mean? I could have done it. Gordon's, gin's gin. I like a gin, but a gin's a gin's a gin. Well, the thing is with those very sort of like, in inverted commas, independent gins, is that you see them in maybe a bar, and then you see them in a supermarket and you think, oh, wow, that's so cool, that's that gin. And then the reason they're in the supermarket is because they've been bought by Diageo or some huge brewery. So there, there's no real difference between them and Gordon's no, anymore. He, he said, like, what in, he had to do a thing, guess what's in his gin, what are the ingredients. I was like, gin's fucking... I thought gin was like a thing like fucking... like iron or... <laughs> So gin is an element. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought. In the periodic like table. Like, well, this fucking gin goes in it. You've just like designed the label, haven't you? Gin's fucking gin. Like fucking, what's in gin? Like what's in gin? What's in copper? What's in co- what's in cement? In the in the gin <laughs> in the gin mines. It's fucking gin vodka. So it's, it's all it's, it's what it fucking. You put it in. You, you get like fucking hops or whatever, and you ferment them up, and you come out. You got gin. There, yeah. we can all do it, but we just choose. We just, just I've got the fucking time to do it because we've got other shit to go on. But I, I, I didn't realise there was ingredients of gin. It's like when, are, one of those adverts for an app where it says uh, some stages have been removed for this advert. I, I felt quite ignorant, really, about gin. But to be said, but if if I so Gordon's obviously has some kind of botanicals in it, 
if I gave you a gin that said it has lemongrass and thyme and citrus and would you care? Well, it'd depend when in the night it was. It's like you might say, <laughs> I'm not a smoker now, but if you're a smoker, you know, you'll have your brand of fags you smoke. Um, mine was, um, I've smoked various brands in my time. I used to smoke menthols for a long time, then I went down to re- I think really you can't. You were really a consulate man, weren't I you? I was a while? consulate menthol man for a long time. I was a Chesterfield man. Um, for a bit, they're good. Make you feel like you're in a feel, feel like you're in the audience of Johnny Cash live at San Quentin, <laughs> Chesterfields, there and uh, and all, and all of that. And then there was always, but you, really, I think for like on the piss, you can't beat Benny Hedgehogs. You can't beat Benny Hedgehogs. A packet of Benny Hedgehogs gold, that will do you. But when you run out of Benny Hedgehogs, and you're in a beer garden somewhere, and you've like run out of fags, you're poncing fags off of people. Do you you go? Sorry, that's not my brand. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same thing goes with Bridget pretty much if there was no if there was a choice between if I fancied a gin and slim and it was no gin or your artist gin I would drink the artist gin I'd probably do some sort of like ranty Jimmy McGovern-esque fucking soliloquy before I drank it but I would but I would drink it nonetheless okay uh, so we've got Gordon's Rothmans, gin I won't smoke I wouldn't smoke fucking Rothmans even I'd have, have no yeah I wouldn't have Rothmans I'd never smoke Rothmans so it gives you a thing like Rothmans what are you trying to do to me man oh, tell dear. you what Rob, Robin's mum bizarrely once gave me 200 Lambert and Butler lights did she? yeah and they were absolutely unsmokable why did she do that? she'd got them for I think maybe your uncle who'd then given up smoking she got them duty-free. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you gave me 200 Lambert and Butler lights and 200 fags when I was, like, 25 or whatever. Un- unreal that you would ever be given 200 fags. I couldn't smoke them. Really? Yeah. So, so <laughs> the next time you see your mum, tell her... That John really hates those fags. Your mum fucking awesome giving people <laughs> 200 fags. But what did he do with them? They were in the back of my car for a long time, and I just gave them away to people. Um, the, uh, so, just to, just, just to be clear, I could never smoke Lambert and Butler, Lambert and Butler lights, Embassy number one, couldn't stomach. I remember when you were trying to give up, you used to do this thing where you'd cut off a bit of the end of the cigarette, yeah, so you'd I'd, be smoking less. Yeah, I'd, I'd tear off the end, I'd tear off the end of the fags. I, I was just always thinking, you know what would help you smoke less more? He's not, not smoking any of it. But, the, but <laughs> that, that process did help me tearing yeah, off the okay. end of I, I, I couldn't get on with silk cut. I used to do that thing where you lick the little holes Terrible in the... Terrible silk yeah. cut. It's the thing with, the thing with fags. I'll start smoking, but I don't condone it. But what people forget is it's fucking, it's fucking lush, mate. This is the thing, smoking. <laughs> it is It's fucking lush. It's yeah. lush. And like if you, and you watch like you, you only got to watch fucking Greece, and I'm not like, I'm like well, even now I don't smoke. I'm like watch Greece. I go I want to smoke sixty fags. Mm, <laughs> yeah, just from watching Greece, I'll yeah. smoke sixty fags like Rizzo and Frenchie and all of that. But no, smoking uh, smoking's it's brilliant. It's bad for you and all that kind of thing, but it's brilliant as well. Good. Um, this podcast yeah. is brought to you by Philip Morris. By fags. <laughs> smoking <laughs> is Gert Lush. Uh, this pub. The Moon Underwater isn't just a pub of booze and of desire. It's also a pub of literature. And we head over now to uh, find what publy tome has been added to the Moon Underwater pub library by the lovely Robin Allender. Oh, that's interesting. Mm. Thank you. There's a pub library. Every week we... um enter a new book into the pub library. So this week I've got uh, The Buddha of Suburbia by Hanif uh, Qureshi, which is, has anyone read that or seen the TV show? Might be a bit before your time. It was very, I really vividly remember the TV show, early 90s, and David Bowie did the soundtrack because he went to the same school as Hanif Qureshi in uh, Bromley. And so it had a really big effect on me, I think, because it was about like wanting to escape the suburbs and London being very kind of compelling you know so it's a really good book and the tv show is great if you can check it out so this is a bit from the buddha of suburbia and the pub they mentioned the three tons in beckenham isn't there anymore it's a zz but there is a blue plaque there because uh, bowie used to play there so it's, it's cool yeah so this is a little bit from the buddha of suburbia on the way to eva's i persuaded dad to stop off at the three tons in beckenham i got off the bus 
Dad had no choice but to follow me. The pub was full of kids. I should say this is set in the 70s as well, I should explain this. The pub was full of kids dressed like me, both from my school and from other schools in the area. Most of the boys, so nondescript during the day, now wore cataracts of velvet and satin and bright colours. Some were in bedspreads and curtains. The little groovers talked esoterically of Sid Barrett. To have an elder brother who lived in London and worked in fashion, music or advertising was an inestimable advantage at school. I had to study the melody maker and new musical express to keep up. I led Dad by the hand to the back room. Kevin Ayers, who had been with Soft Machine, was sitting on a stool whispering into a microphone. I love Kevin Ayers. Yeah. Two French girls with him kept falling all over the stage. Dad and I had a pint of bitter each. I wasn't used to alcohol and became drunk immediately. Dad became moody. Your mother upsets me, he said. She doesn't join in things. It's only my damn effort keeping this whole family together. No wonder I need to keep my mind blank in constant, effortless meditation. I suggested helpfully, why don't you get divorced? Because you wouldn't like it. But divorce wasn't something that would occur to them. In the suburbs, people rarely dreamed of striking out for happiness. It was all familiarity and endurance. Security and safety were the reward for dullness. I clenched my fists under the table. I didn't want to think about it. It would be years before I could get away to the city, London, where life was bottomless in its temptations. Oh, nice. Don't mind it. It's very good. But I think it's really good about that. I just vividly remember the TV show because it was just seemed to capture that, like being a teenager and wanting to experience more, you know. And London seemed very, very exotic. <laughs> I think we were, me and you, were quite lucky to have Bristol yeah. as a sort of mini London. Yeah. And then you, I don't know about you, but you realise after a time, an awful lot of people in Bristol are sort of like coasting to an extent. Yeah. extent. I know what you mean. Do you know what I mean? I remember once, I think, like, um, we were in Oxford. Sorry, I'm just talking about Oxford. But um, we, you said, like, why don't we just go to London? And it was, like, 11 p.m. And we were, like, you know, there was the all-night bus that went to London. Imagine if we went, how shit that would have been. That would have been awful. Like, what would he have done? Awful. Just gone to Trafalgar Square and sit down. Mm. <laughs> well, this, so this leads us on to... The Moon Underwater Jukebox. We have a library. It's full, of, it's full of books about pubs. It's full of poems about pubs. But it's also got a jukebox. And we need you to pick your favourite album to play in a pub. Right. Now, this was a tricky one in Extremist. And there was a lot of ones that nearly made the cut for this. All of them were ska albums, to be honest with you. I thought it's got to be ska or Northern Soul. Um, possibly... I thought it's got to be scowled over and sold. So I thought, first of all, I thought I'd discard, disregard compilations because I thought that's going to be a bit sort of lazy. So there's no Motown chart busters, reggae chart busters, Trojan story or anything like that. I thought about Divine Madness and I thought long enough, I thought, I'll have Divine Madness, I thought to myself. But I thought, no, I'm not going to have a compilation of that. Then I thought about One Step Beyond by Madness, and I thought, what well, I could go for a wild card and put in um, absolutely by Madness. I thought, fuck all of that, I'm going to have Bad Manners. Scan B, the first album by Bad Manners. I had to try and think, what's my favourite band, in truth, when there's like ten points of Thatcher, six black Sambucas inside of me? <laughs> what is your favourite band? Not what do you tell, like, if you're doing, like, an interview to plug your head on Michelle, what you say your favourite. What is your favourite album? What makes it fucking Bad Manners, Ska and B? That's my favourite band, is Bad Manners. And the fact that people go, oh, well, they were a bit more, like, fucking less sophisticated than the other two time bands makes me love them even fucking more. Applause there for uh, Will's choice of Bad Manners, Scar and B. Scar and B, the first album by Bad Manners, and it's just a fucking, you know, if you don't, if you don't like Bad Manners, you won't like it. But it's their, I think it's their best album, I think. The first one, it's... A classic. It's got Lip Up Fatty. It's got Inner London Violence. It's got covers of Caldonia and Monster Mash. It's just a fucking fun album. He's got a, thought I'm going to do a fun album. Inner London Violence, bit of like social commentary, but just like sort of fucking, oh, you get your fucking head kicked in by our songs if you go down the wrong bit of London, wouldn't you? Fucking same fucking thing. You can sing Inner Chipman Violence along to it in the pub if you like. And it's just a, it's just a great album. It's a fun album. It was the, it was the, um, I, ca- I walked on, to, it, was, it was a track from the second album that I walked on down the aisle to my wedding to, their cover of Echo 
for the Echo 42 theme. Me and my lovely wife had our first dance to Special Brew by Bad Manners. I know people are going, actually, it's a song about beer. I couldn't give a shit. It's, I still find it romantic. Again, all the more reason, the dual meaning. You shouldn't be walking down the aisle at your wedding. I was walking down the aisle. I walked up the up the aisle of the aisle. I got married in the old. Well, you got to get bar. there. Oh, you didn't just. Well, that's true. I got to be stood outside. So you had bad manners when you walked up the aisle. Yeah. The, uh, and then what about when when Sarah walked? She up came the aisle? on to Goulina by the Necromantics. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, we got man. married by Doug Siegel dressed as Batman. <laughs> We took our wedding vows on a first press of The Dark Knight Returns. I don't like Frank Miller's politics, but it's a fucking good graphic novel, it has to be said. And, yeah, it was a, a come on, uh, Bad Manners. The, da, na, 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 ba, the, it's the first track on Looney Tunes, not Scan B. They'll go, da, 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 dum, dum, da, great fucking tune. A large object with a big tongue is approaching, it says. We go, it's fucking great. It's just, that's, fucking, that should be the national fucking anthem. Should be something about bad manners, just fucking, fucking lip up fatty or um, whatever. That'll do nicely, son. Oh, I played a fuck out of it in a barber shop as well. That is, I'll tell you something. The, the first three bad manners albums and Divine Madness and fucking, these, these are all like, as essential as barber side and razor blades to be in a barber, I think. Great stuff. Well, go to Will's. <laughs> Go like to Will's Barbershop. It's called Hepcat's Barbers. Hepcat's Barbershop and Beauty Parlour. In Chippenham. Get your hair done. Get your makeup done. Get your ladies' hair done. It's two different types of hair. It's a, I've been there. It's, it's like no other barbershop you've ever been to. Thank you. It really isn't. No, I know. And it's amazing. I take that as an incredible compliment. I just wanted to do what I just wanted to. It's a bit like being a pub landlord, being a barber. Mm. I think because you're you cut hair, but you're a you're a rabbi and a head shrinker and all of that as well. Well, you're making conversation hair. with strangers, which is what a you pub do. is. And you're and you're a pretty. We know all this. Bar staff, barbers, hairdressers, we know everything, and we tell nothing. We, got, we make the Catholic Church look like a load of fucking blabbermouths with the fucking <laughs> sanctity of our fucking covenant and all that kind of thing. You can say anything that stays in the fricking chair, and you hear all kinds of shit. And you know, people go, like, we must get lots of fucking material, and I'm, I'm offended when people say that. I would never, like, a bit of frivolity, yeah, a bit of frivolity, but no, you, you hear all of the... Hear all of the stuff. It's not. It's not. It's ten percent cutting air, ninety percent all that other shit. Same with Peter Pub landlord. It's like eighty percent pouring points, ten percent all that stuff, and like t- it should be ten percent wearing a shirt open to the navel and getting an increasingly florid complexion. <laughs> <laughs> Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. 
Right. Uh, so, speaking of increasingly florid complexions, we return to your dream pub, Will. You've got Arbor Breakfast Stout, 12%. You've got Thatcher's Gold, Tomato Juice, Slimline Sweat... Oh, fuck me. <laughs> Slimline... Sh- Schweppes. I know the word, Robin. <laughs> Slimline Schweppes Tonic. Thank you. Black Sambuca, Gordon's Gin but you have a wild card. What's your final choice? I've got a fucking wild card and a half for you, sir. So, I'm also, as well as being like barflies and vertical drinkers, me and Nick and Forge were a bit of a bunch of bomb viveurs in a lot of ways, or pub. Can, pub you please, can you please say the phrase bomb viveurs again? Bomb viveurs. Oh, lovely. lovely. Bunch of bomb viveurs we are. What we like is to, so my wild card is the poor man's surf and turf. Now, there's a lot of complaints people have about pubs becoming food pubs and gastro pubs and all that kind of thing. People say gastro pub in the same sort of term that you'd say the word nonce. And it's not, that's fairly or unfairly, people don't like that. So what you can do is create cuisine in a pub. So what me and Nick and Forge think of ourselves, how can you create fine cuisine just using snacks that you can get behind the bar of any town pub? So we started, this got, it got ridiculous at one point when it, we started moving on to other meals. We figured you could make, so surf and turf, you'd get that in like, God, I'm at London, I'm actually paying like £37 for it here in, that's what my head London is. It'd be ridiculously expensive and served on like a roof tile and all that kind of, that kind of thing. But um, I put the chippy into Chippenham. But you got so that's like a steak and scampi on top of the steak. We all know that as a as a respected like pub meal. Now it's probably American in origin, but it's become part of the British landscape. So how do you do a surf and turf if you don't? Well, basically you get. Um, you go to the bar and you ask for a packet of scampi fries and a packet of bacon fries. Oh, the bell has sounded. If I had a chef's hat, I'd put it on. Oh, and God. Producer Dave approaches. This is one of my. Can I move over here with the microphone and demonstrate can. this? This is. If I leave no other legacy on this godforsaken world. It will be the invention of the poor man's surf and turf. So, we're all having one. Robin, come over, come over here, and we're, gonna, we're all going to. I love them. Um, it's hard to get a scampi fry these days. Well, it's, it's, these, are, these are standard fare in the out, out in the. Out, <laughs> Speak out, for yourself. Out where I live in yeah. the wilds of in the unreconstructed. <laughs> unreconstructed. We, I live outside of London, Robin. I've never watched a BBC program. We can't understand, and we only watch like Cannon and Ball on ITV on ITV behind the wall of whatever. And we're all like, anyway. So no, no, no. So you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. Oh. So what you got to do is yeah. Right, can Steve yes. hold? Sorry, I don't mean to use, no, no, use no. a bloody mic stand or anything. Yeah, yeah. No, got, so what, I'm gonna do, so what you do is you get, you don't need to. Do, what you need to do is you open, so you get your bag, because you won't have a plate. Yeah. In a pub, you, you don't want you want don't ask for a freaking plate at like eleven o'clock at night for chucking out. So what you do is you get you might have to use your the old gnashers here. So you open up your bag of bacon fries. So there's your plate. Yeah. There's your base. There's your turf. Your bacon fries. <laughs> then you get your bag of scampi fries. So, Will has opened a bag of scampi fries. He's he completely opened it so that the foil bag is forming a plate. I've He's just ne- realised. I'm sorry. I've just realised. I've never looked at the nutritional information on a bag of scampi yeah. fries tonight. It's not a good day. I find so, it hard to eat scampi fries sometimes because my friend Phil said. Unwashed genitalia. Uh, now, when you hear that, mm. it is hard to eat a scampi fry after. I'm so I'm sorry. Lowered the tone. I'm so sorry. I got extreme views about this as well. I got. I'm, I'm generally a moderate, but when it comes to the pub, yeah, Joe Stalin, mate. Anyway, so <laughs> I love here we are. Fries. Here we got this. We got the base. So you put your, so you get your turf on your turf right about here. Your scampi fries. Now that's just going to be. You can't be expected to eat that. That's just dry, mm. and it's going to taste flavourless. What you I'd get, give it a bloody good go. This is where Worcestershire sauce <laughs> is your friend. Liam, it's got to be Liam. But is there any, does anyone else even dare to make Worcestershire sauce? Oh, I think there's a Sainsbury's own brand, but they the use same, the same brand. It's, they the use same, the same it's the exact same thing. They just change the fuck. You're paying for the label. It's a fucking scandal. But this is what we got here. So. Yeah, sure. You've got to add yourself a bit of Worcester. Now, this works as well with um, 
I've understand people actually eat beans on toast without putting Worcestershire sauce on the beans. Yeah. And you got a you got a put fucking Worcestershire sauce on your beans and toast, your cheese and toast. You put this on fucking out. So then there's every pub bon viveur and nutter's friend is your hot sauce. Now Frank's hot sauce will work just fine if you can't get but every if a pub's not got Tabasco, take your fucking business elsewhere. That's my view. <laughs> they should have all of this. Some pubs haven't got any of this stuff. They'd have they would have and they'll have tomato juice. They would have you drink a tomato juice without any of this in it. A tomato juice with a tomato flavoured tomato juice. <laughs> not having it so you want to add a bit a fair bit of Tabasco. Now you showed me this trick yourself, John. We were on the road and you you offered me a McCoy, a bag of McCoys, and you'd put a fair whack of Tabasco in it. John has a little bag of condiments he takes with him everywhere. Uh, was uh, Tabasco in salt and vinegar McCoys is one of the great treats, but you've got to shake the bag up. You've got to shake. Otherwise, the bag you up. get one incredibly hot crisp, yeah. and then just a bag of regular McCoys. Okay, so we're we going in here. We're going okay. in here. Sure so I'm picking a very soaked... Robin, Can um, you just hold that? Yeah. Make, sorry, 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 make sure you get one with plenty of sauce on it. I was about that. Oh. It's like spicy fish, yeah. Yeah, it's really good. It, ta- it actually tastes like um, crispy bacon... And scampi fries. So They're basically, what they are basically superior frazzles, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bacon yeah, yeah, fry, yeah. that is like your, your high-end frazzle. Yeah. Is your bacon fry. Now, because well, we'd done this, we thought, like, what other meals could we make? And it, that's when it all got a bit fucking weird. Really good, <laughs> well, that's when. So I thought, I reckon you could make a Sunday dinner using pork scratchings, ready-sorted potato crisps. And so, that, so that's your pork, and there's your potatoes. Yeah. So your apple sauce, you get some, you get some Thatchers, and you get a spoonful. <laughs> you get a spoonful of Thatchers, sprinkle it liberally on the pork scratchings. What do you do for gravy on the potatoes? You get a half a Guinness, and you'd use the same thing with a spoon. You drizzle <laughs> some Guinness over your crisps. Now that was a bit messy, and Lindsay won't serve us that combination of snacks ever again under any circumstances. But that yeah. was thing. I think it could be a thing. There was talk of doing a poor man's full English using bacon fries and pickled eggs as well. But then we thought maybe we should just stick with the perfect invention we got, rather than do the. Well, it's very you're... nice, but I'm getting chest pains. Oh, you just have to work through that. Just to, <laughs> more of it would be yeah. the. I mean, it's very Moorish. More of that Thatcher's will do that. So, some people will put a pickled egg in their favourite bag of crisps, mm. cr- crush it up, and then just what? sort of like, yeah, crush, crush the whole bag of crisps. Look the size of that bacon, John, bacon fry. Now, this is a fucking. <laughs> Never seen one that big. John nicked in the pub last night, bit half his pickled egg off, and put Tabasco on the rest of it. Mm. He goes, deviled egg. Oh, mm. yeah. We had like, I told you, we hadn't had a pickled egg since the end of lockdown. I forgot they were even a thing. The pickled eggs, Christ, we're like cool and fucking Luke, mate, with the pickled eggs last night. Just fucking, we must have had three or four apiece. They used to have ghost chilli ones up at the Royal Oak in Corsham. We were, I mean, we were, I was playing darts there with Dangerous Dave, and we had, God, we had, like, we had about five of these ghost chilli pickled eggs. And I woke up at three in the morning, I had a feeling in my stomach like you'd get if you were being sentenced to death for wrongly for drug smuggling in Singapore or something like that. <laughs> Christ, but tremendously Moorish. You'll love it, I knew you'd like that. This is basically John's kind of, this, I imagine this is what like, John eats anyway. This John, is like, I feel like Johnny Thunder's introducing Sid Vicious to hard drugs. Yeah. <laughs> I once asked John what he had for breakfast and he said a mustard sandwich. <laughs> Honestly, if you're ever out of stuff, just have toast with ketchup and mustard on. It's delicious. A, a ketchup sandwich. Mm. But you've got to have mustard. Yeah, you, you idiot. You've got to have mustard. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say otherwise it'd be... It's, an improvised snack is one of the great... This is what, sep- this is what makes us a, as a nation, is that we can improvise fine meals out of fuck all. And yeah. this is the... I'm having the best time of my life. Dave, can I get a can of, pan of, pint, can of... Oh, for fuck's sake. Dave, can I get a pint of Cornish orchards, please? Um, Just the job to wash that down with. That's well, the... that's the thing, because Dave said, oh, you've got to be prepared, because there's going to be two bells in this episode. And I thought, oh, that's two swigs. 
it's turned out that the second bell is a super snack. Now we've, I shouldn't be showing you all this because we've yet to approach the patent's office <laughs> with the poor man surf and surf. We've thought, we've tried right, we've not, we've not heard back from Master Chef or anything like that or any of the established restaurant chains or anything like That's that. Great. It's great to have a scampi because our local pub stopped doing scampi fries. Unforgivable. Well, well, stopped drinking there. My girlfriend bought, <laughs> bought um, from Amazon one of those, you know, the cardboard things with like 20 bags of scampi fries. Brilliant. You'll take it to the pub with you. I like should have done, a yeah. Shame that you're a shame yeah. that into it. What the fuck is wrong with you? Do they not even have peanuts with like a bear lady behind the peanuts no. or anything like that? That doesn't really happen anymore, the, does the, it? The, well, this, this is a pub that you go to, you <laughs> yeah. Do you still get bear ladies behind peanuts? I think this might be a more of a bar that you go to right. than a pub. Yeah. If they've not got scampi fries. I think it's probably acceptable if you refer to it as a bear lady. Yeah. Whereas it's probably unacceptable if it's a naked or a nude lady. But a bear lady, I think, is fine. Uh, anyway, well, sometimes they were bear men as well, weren't they? Sometimes they're bear men. Well, I've no objection if they've done that. They should do. Um, someone should have someone, someone should, some forward-thinking peanut company. To be honest, it worked better with the nuts thing, wouldn't it? To be honest, because you, you could have loads of laboured testicle puns. Yeah, exactly. If they've had the big dean, the jungle fresh nuts. That, to be honest, that seems more like it should be some naked bloke in a fucking Tarzan. I, well, not even a Tarzan if he was naked, but you know what I mean? For the jungle fresh nuts thing. You'd think you'd have like a, a testicle pun rather than like soft. Well, I, th- like a I, thought lady. Of, I thought of a really good f- f- scene in a film in my mind <laughs> today. But I thought it'd be really funny. Imagine sort of a Woody Allen-esque scene where a couple are arguing, but both of them are nude. I think it'd be quite funny if they're like in their bedroom and the guy's like got his shirt on, but not his pants. And the girl is sort of putting on her bra and they're having a really massive argument, but his sort of willy is flopping around against his shirt. That, to me, sort of speaks of a like domestic scene more than anything else. We're giving too much away here. Like you're giving this away, the surf and turf and everything. There's all yeah. ruinous. I mean, ev- everyone, everyone in the world with their partner does the thing where you've only put like your socks on and you go, ready? Everyone does that, don't they? Yeah. That's yeah. not just me. No, Sorry it, for the mental image. I don't think I've worn it. I don't Everyone think, does that. I don't think I've worn a shirt indoors since I was about 11. <laughs> <laughs> You're barred. Okay, so, Will, you chose your fantastic surf and turf uh, as your wild card. But every pub landlord gets to ban something. They get to make a certain behaviour unacceptable or a certain thing or a certain item. What are you not allowing in your pub? What am I borrowing from my pub? Yeah. All non-regulars for the entire month of December into early January. Nice. Oh, what, a, what an amazing choice. All of them. Amateur part-time drinks. I don't care how many good Facebook posts there have been like this. I'm, having my, I'm entitled to my say. People like me have been silenced for too long and that's why we've all, the country's gone mental because they've oppressed our, our sincerely held concerns about this kind of this kind of thing. No, seriously, you got, it's, the, it's what the people, the pubs, even before COVID, this is the thing, people aren't, people are sort of sweeping under the carpet. Before COVID, before the plague and all that, pubs were in serious shit. And it's because of various things. Some people say the smoking ban. Some say all this. What it was, it's it's fucking amateur drinkers. It's people that is patio drinkers. It is people who go, let's not go to the pub and enjoy all this. Let's stand there with a pair of salmon shorts on, being fucking smug and having a a fucking half-assed barbecue and drinking supermarket bought booze because it is cheaper and standing there and going isn't this civilized while the fucking pub industry goes to the fucking wall and then when it comes to christmas there they are tied christmas i used to when i was a, when you're a kid christmas a time of joy and excitement and you think of it like as like presents and like uh, 70s glam rock records and all of that as an adult i just think christmas thing just like I just an image in my head: two cokeheads in Christmas jumpers battering each other, and a woman with a black coat, one of those big fur collars, crying on the steps of the black horse. <laughs> <laughs> so, the pub at Christmas, 
and the pub at New Year's. Especially New Year's, particularly New Year's. Especially New Year's should be for regulars only. Regulars only. I would issue membership cards, pass, call them passports if you like. Well, what about loyalty cards like you get in like Cafe Nero or Costa where you get a stamp? So you have to have like 50 stamps throughout the year. To you be mean there not, in December. Not for points, for visits. No, so, yeah, so every time you go in the pub, you get a stamp, and unless you've got 50 stamps by December, you can't go in in December till the mid January. That's a very good idea. I just had in mind standing beyond the bar and getting some big guy on the, on the door. Think like the sort of bloke will eventually be like shot in a Range Rover and have 20 films made about him of varying quality and just, I'd just be like, him, like, don't know him, like, remove him, like, pick him up and throw him like a javelin into the skips over the road there. Um, but it's, they get in, they, they, it's not just the fact that it's one thing that they gum up the works of the pub with all of their kind of like, they get there, they get the front of the queue, they don't know what, they don't know what the fuck they drink. They Coffee, drink fucking, they want a cocktail. Yeah, they want a fucking cocktail that no one can be fucked to make. They want something no fucker drinks. Or they go, um, um, um. They want a fucking, they've never drunk a Guinness, but they want to go. They think, what would be cool for me to order a fucking, a fucking Guinness? And it makes, it makes you want to fucking somehow extract every pint of Guinness you've ever drank out of your own body, just out of spite. And they stand there, and they, tr- they, tr- they talk to the staff like so they sit, They stand there waving their money like they're at the racetrack in a fucking Warner Brothers cartoon. <laughs> There they are, fucking stand up. Oh, they're going to the As if no one else at the bar is offering currency. Yeah, we're all. It's, 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 a, it's a fucking disgrace, and the, and the pubs can't, they can't, not they need the trade because these people freeze them out the rest of the bloody year. Do you want to come to the pub? Not on a school night, I don't think. All this fucking adults using the phrase school night. And yeah, I've got a problem with that got, myself. It's work in the morning, so it's what I've got work in the morning. Yeah, say like that. You go, you're going to a school, and for what fucking purpose, may I ask you, inches away from your fucking face? People, well. people who don't drink on a school night don't drink on any night. Generally not, because every night's a school, every, just as every day is a school day. Every night is a school night. They come up the works of the pub. They don't know. They they will t- they will take up your your seat, your seat that you prop up. It's like yeah, but I would I would ban the entire enterprise of it. Christmas jumpers. Um, I don't, you can't ban. I don't mind. I would ban Christmas. What if they become a thing of horror? They should be a nice thing. They become. I would. I was. What originally was going to sell ban cocaine, but it's this fucking banned anyway. It's elite. It's elite. <laughs> Okay, so you used to do fucking coke, and you got you doing coke to go to the pub. I just don't get you do the pub to go to a club or something like that. You get all fucking like doing like a fucking like twenty lines of fucking gack, and then sit in the corner of a pub by the dartboard. You just end up screaming and fucking gesticulating and like leap into your feet and going. Like, so some of us are just trying to have a drink and do a crossword. Yeah. God, I can't. It's been it's been like it's cocaine mania now. It was fucking. It's like. It's not cool anymore, is it, Coggy? It used to be a little bit rock and roll. It's fucking, it's a state agent shit now, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's lame. It is lame. It is the live, it's the live, laugh, love of drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck me, that is very funny. Poor, um, poor old Keith Richards, poor old Motley Crue, and Scarface, and all the, and Stevie Nicks, and all the great cocaine users of yore. They're all in the company of Fuck, oh dear me, it's it's tragic, really. Hurry up, please, it's time. What a pub we've got before us. We've got breakfast stout, Thatcher's gold, tomato juice, slimline Schweppes tonic, or tonic, depending on what you want. We've got black sambuca, Gordon's gin, we have got surf and turf, which I'm getting through at quite a pace here. Can you save a few for me? We'll save a few. Don't worry, we've got an extra pack of each here. But what are we going to call this pub? I like the idea of naming a pub after a great Briton, a great British person. Well, a great Brit, in this case, a great Italian-Irish Briton. And there was one man I know him and you know, Robin, you know him as well. He was one of the great... Um, one of the great sort of pub personalities of our times, and an icon of um, the sort of culture that we're talking about. Not just the booze, because you can drink anywhere. You can stand beyond a skip and get pissed. The pub's not just about drinking or getting drunk. It's about 
how it works. It's a well-oiled machine. It's how you interact with people. It's the stories, the poetry, and the whole thing if you meet the best people at the barrel head. There was few better people you'd meet at the barrel head than Ian Cognito. So, this pub on the Costa del Crime, this hive of unlikely armed robbers and safe blowers and non-binary gangsters is the Cogs and Hammer. Oh, lovely. Ian Cognito was a stand-up comedian, a poet, a gentleman, and a legend who's sadly no longer with us. He died um, literally on stage a couple of years ago. And it's, this, is like, this is the thing, right, with comedy. It's kind of like there's the big table in Comedians Valhalla is the, peop- is the ones who die, that legend. Eric, your Eric Morecams, your Sid Jameses, your Tommy Coopers, and Cog sits at that big table of the legends of comedy who went down with the last thing they ever heard being the uproarious laughter of the audience they had generated. The last time I saw Cogs was in a pub. I was at the old road. He surprised me. He was coming from um, somewhere to Bath where he lived. He stopped by the old road because he knew I'd be in there and he had a drink with me and Nick and Forch and it was tre- he was tremendous company. Charming, funny, poetic and that was the last time I ever saw him. And do you know what? I'm that will do me. If I was never to see Cogs again, I thought that would be the perfect thing. In your pub, the Cogs and Hammer, you've got your insane stout. You've got Thatcher's Gold, which we've all been enjoying on stage throughout this evening. You've got tomato juice for Bloody Marys, but no vodka, so you're just going to hammer that very spicy tomato juice you got your tonic, you got your gin, you got your Sambuca. You've got Bad Manners playing on the Moon Underwater pub jukebox. You've got Surf and Turf to eat, but it's a very utilitarian Surf and Turf. There are no non-regulars from December to January, including New Year's Eve. It's particularly, most importantly, it's called the Cogs and Hammer, but we need a song from that first Bad Manners album, Scarnby, to play you out this evening as you leave the moon underwater and you take with you the Cogs and Hammer wherever you go, whether it be back to Chippenham or the Costa del Crime, this pub is yours to keep in your mind forever. What, what song are you going to have to play you out? Well, you have to think what was the best time in a pub ever. Best, time in a, best day in a pub ever was my wedding day was the best day ever in a pub. It was the best day ever, and, the, and the, the song that me and Sarah had our first dance to. Oh, my God. A special brew by Bad Manners. We danced oh. our first dance to, and that was the best time, the best day in the best pub. So there can't be any other song. Well, let's, uh, you break my heart. You're such a kind, sweet man, and such a great pubman, and a great pintman, and a great comedian, and a great barber. Thank um, you. That's genuinely moving. I'm not, and I'm not fucking about it. Genuinely moving, mate. Oh, mate, it's a pleasure to have had you here. It's so an absolute l- pleasure to be on here. Thank you for having oh, me on God, here. Oh, God, let's all just cry about how great life is. So, ladies and gentlemen, Will Hodgson played out from the moon underwater with his track of choice. What was the track again? Special Brew by Bad Manners. Special Brew by Bad Manners. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for coming to the moon underwater tonight. Goodbye! catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Hello, it's William and Jordan here from Help, I Sexted My Boss. And on Tuesday, our show at the London Palladium will be streamed live into cinemas. So if you want an evening full of laughs and outrageous problems and dilemmas, then come along and join us on the big screen. Help, I Sexted My Boss Live is showing everywhere and everyone's welcome. Go to sexedmyboss.com slash cinema to get your tickets now. That's sexedmyboss.com slash cinema.